Chapter 13. Highly Magnified History It is but honest that I should acknowledge at the beginning of my recital... Recital? That I was born in ordinary... Began the creature in a frank and friendly tone. Uh, Knowing no better, I used my arms as well as my legs for walking, and uh, I crawled among the edges of the stones or hid among the roots of the grasses with no thought beyond finding a few insects smaller than myself to feed on. The chill nights rendered me stiff and motionless, for I wore no clothing. Oh... Awkward. A horrible existence is this, but you may remember it is the regularly ordained existence of the Wobblebug, as well as many other tiny creatures that inhabit the earth. But destiny has singled, singled, excuse me, uh, destiny, but destiny has singled me out, humble though I was, for a grander fate. One day I crawled near a country schoolhouse, and my curiosity being excited by the monotonous hum of the students within, I made bold to enter and creep along a crack between two boards, until I reached the far end where, in front of the hearth of the glowing embers, sat the master at his desk. The teacher? No one noticed so small a creature as a wobble bug. But... When I found that the hearth was even warmer and more comfortable than the sunshine, I resolved to establish my future home beside it. So, I found a charming nest between two bricks and hid myself therein for many, many months. Professor Nowitol is, doubtless, the most famous scholar-lord in the land of Oz, and after a few days I began to listen to his lectures and discourses. He gave me his pupils. And after a few days, I began to listen to the lectures and discourses he gave his pupils. Now, not one of them was more attentive than the humble, unnoticed Wobblebug. And I acquired in this way a fund of knowledge that I, myself, will confess, is simply marvelous. That is why I place T.E. thoroughly educated upon my cards, for my greatest pride lies in the fact that the world cannot produce another Wobblebug with a tenth part of my own culture and erudition. A word I'm guessing he doesn't know what it means. I do not blame you, said the Scarecrow. Education is a thing to be proud of. I am educated. I'm sorry. The line is, I'm educated myself. Which, which no, not, not really. I am educated myself. The mess of brains given to me by the great lizard is considered by my friends to be unexcelled. Well, it certainly doesn't excel. And nevertheless, interrupted the tin woodman, a good heart is, I believe, more desirable than education or brains. To me, said the sawhorse, a good leg is more desirable than either. Could seeds be considered in light of brains? inquired the pumpkin head abruptly. Keep quiet, commanded Tip sternly. 
Very well, dear father, answered the obedient Jack. The wobblebug listened patiently, even respectfully. Good on you, wobblebug, to those remarks. And then he resumed his story. I must have lived fully three years in that secluded schoolhouse hearth, said he, drinking thirstily of the ever-flowing fount of limpid knowledge before me. Quite poetical, commented the scarecrow, nodding his head approvingly. But one day, continued the bug, a marvelous circumstance occurred that altered my very existence and brought me to my present pinnacle of greatness. The professor discovered me in the act of crawling across the hearth, and before I could escape, he cut me between his thumb and his forefinger. My dear children, said he, I have captured a wobblebug, a very rare and interesting specimen. Do any of you know what a wobblebug is? No, no, yelled the scholars in chorus. Then, said the professor, I will get out of my um, famously magnifying glass and throw the insect upon the screen in a highly magnified condition that you may study carefully its peculiar construction and become acquainted with its habits and its manner of life. He then brought me from the cupboard at my most curious instrument. Oh, he then brought from the cupboard a most curious instrument, and before I could realize what happened, I found myself thrown upon a screen in a highly magnified state, even as you behold me now. The students stood up on their stools and craned their heads forward to get a better view of me, and Two little girls jumped upon the sill of an open window where they could see more plainly. Behold, cried the professor in a loud voice, this, this highly magnified wobblebug is one of the most curious insects' existence. Being thoroughly educated and knowing what is required of cultured gentlemen, at this juncture I stood upright, placing my hand upon my bosom, making a very polite bow. My action, being unexpected, must have startled them, for one of the little girls perched upon the window sill, gave a scream, and fell backwards out of the window, drawing her companion with her as she disappeared. The professor uttered a cry of horror, and rushed away through the door to see if the poor children were injured by the fall. The scholars followed him in a wild mob, and I was left alone in the schoolroom, still in a highly magnified state, and free to do as I pleased. It immediately occurred to me that this was a good opportunity to escape. I was proud of my great size, and realized that I could now safely travel anywhere in the world where my superior courtesy would make me fit associate. Well, my superior culture would make me a fit associate for the most learned person I might chance to meet. So, while the professor picked the little girls, who were more frightened than hurt, off the ground, and the pupils clustered around him closely grouped, I walked out of the schoolhouse, turned a corner, and escaped unnoticed into a grove of trees that stood near. Wonderful! exclaimed the pumpkin-head admiringly. It was, 
Indeed. Agreed the Wobblebug. I've never ceased to congratulate I have never ceased to congratulate myself for escaping. Well, I was highly magnified, for even my excessive knowledge would have proved of little use to me had it remained a tiny, insignificant bug. I didn't know that before, said Tip, looking at the Wobblebug with a puzzled expression. That insects wore clothes? Nor do they, in their natural state, returned the stranger. But in the course of my wanderings, I've had good fortune to save a ninth of a tailor, tailors having, like cats, nine lives, as you probably know. The fellow was exceedingly grateful, for he had lost that ninth life. Oh, for if he had lost a ninth life, it would have been the end of him. So he begged permission to furnish me with the stylish costume that I wear now. It fits nicely, does it not? And the wobble bug stood up and turned himself slowly around that all might examine his person. He must have been a good tailor, said the scarecrow. He was a good-hearted tailor at any rate, observed Nick Chopper. But where were you going when you met us? A tip asked the wobble bug. Nowhere in particular, was the reply. Although my intention is to soon visit the Emerald City and arrange to give a course of lectures to audiences on the advantages of magnification. We are bound for the Emerald City now, said the Tin Woodman. So if it pleases you to do so, you are welcome to travel in our company. The Wobblebug bowed with profound grace. It will give me great pleasure, said he, to accept your invitation. For nowhere in the land of Oz could I hope to meet so congenial a company. That is true, acknowledged the pumpkin head. We are quite as congenial as flies and honey. But pardon me if I seem inquisitive. Are you not all rather <laughs> rather unusual? asked the wobblebug, looking from one to another with unconcealed interest. Not more so than yourself, answered the scarecrow. Everything in life is unusual until you get accustomed to it. What a rare philosophy, exclaimed the wobblebug admiringly. Yes, my brains are working well today, admitted the scarecrow, an accent of pride in his voice. Then, if you are sufficiently rested and refreshed, let us bend our steps toward the Emerald City suggested the magnified one. We can't, said Tip. The sawhorse has a broken leg, so he can't bend his steps, and there is no wood around him to make a new limb from. And we can't leave the horse, because the pumpkin head is so stiff to his joints that he has to ride. How very unfortunate, cried the wobblebug. Then he looked the party over and said carefully. Then he looked the party over carefully and said, If the pumpkin head is to ride... Why not use one of his legs to make a leg for the horse that carries him? I judge both are made of wood. Now that is what I call real cleverness, said the scarecrow approvingly. No wonder my brains did not think of that. Oh, I wonder my brains did not think of that long ago. Get to work, my dear Nick, and fit the pumpkin head's leg to the sawhorse. Jack was not especially pleased with this idea, but... He submitted to having his left leg amputated by the tin woodman and whittled down to fit the left leg of the sawhorse. 
Nor was the sawhorse especially pleased with the operation either, for he growled a good deal about being butchered, as he called it, and afterwards declared the new leg was a disgrace to a respectable sawhorse. I beg you be more careful in your speech, said the pumpkin head sharply. Remember, if you please, that is my leg you are abusing. I cannot forget it, retorted the sawhorse, for it is quite as flimsy as the rest of your person. Flimsy? Me flimsy? cried Jack in a rage. How dare you call me flimsy? Because you are built as absurdly as a jumping jack, <laughs> sneered the horse, rolling his knotty eyes in a vicious manner. Your head won't even stay straight, and you can never tell whether you're looking backwards or forwards. Friends, I entreat you not to quarrel, pleaded the tin woodman anxiously. As a matter of fact, none of us are above criticism, so let us bear with each other's faults. There, I wouldn't say no one, none of us are above criticism. Um, this podcast, for example, has a five-star review on on iTunes. Just saying. An excellent suggestion," said the Wobblebug approvingly. "You must have an excellent heart, my metallic friend." "I have," returned Nick, well pleased. My heart is quite the best part of me, but let us start on our journey now. They perched the one-legged pumpkin head upon the sawhorse and tied him to a seat with cords so that he could not possibly fall off. And then, following the lead of the scarecrow, they all advanced in the direction of the Emerald City. More like Emerald Pity. Am I right? Mm -hmm.